Well, welcome back to Life on the Vine with your hosts. I'm Hutch, and I'm here with Jackson. Hello. And uh, just a shout out, we are coming to you live from the Hannah C. Howard studio, and a shout out to Mr. Eric Baird. If you enjoy the intro and outro music to our podcast, that comes courtesy of the very own Eric Baird, who is the uh, contemporary music director here at the church. So, Eric, thanks for thanks for the music. He's talented, not just on the guitar. I mean, some of the stuff is very guitar-oriented. That's true. But he has also had some really fun stuff, yeah. especially for those outros. Yes. I really enjoy them. Very creative, very creative. So we're back. We're back. We're back, and we are continuing our conversation about habits. Yes. So... I guess I'll give you an update on my new habit formation. We talked about that. Updates. Still haven't bought any chocolate. I did buy donuts, though. You bought donuts? Good. Yeah. Good. And I ate all of them and did not go on a run. (laughs) So That's good. That's good. You're just reinforcing the reward. Yeah. Yeah. But as we learned, it's not just how we form a habit. It's not just reward, reward, reward. You have to have a cue and then a routine, something that you That's do, right. and then a reward. So hopefully mine was going to be some sort of cue, which maybe I need to come up with a cue Yeah. Do you, me, do you need me to like have a text that comes out to you at like 6 in the morning or something? I don't think that that would help because you know me and texting. I don't That's ever true. respond well, you way or respond look at them. You know, yeah, just I guess, look yeah. at it and see. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah. I, I, That's what I'm going to work on this week the is cue. getting a, getting a cue. Excellent, excellent. And then next week I'll I'll do the habit. I'll I'll do <laughs> the like routine. You do the middle part. Yeah, yeah. You got the yeah. key. You got the reward. It's yeah. Just a little, little, little bit in the middle. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Well, and we're talking about habits, and uh, habits basically we're talking about a settled routine, a settled behavior, something that for many of us becomes sort of an unconscious action that we take. And and last week we talked about a little bit about habit formation. And that's where we're talking about the the cue that by which we begin the habit, the action that we take, and then usually a reward that begins to form those habits in our lives. And of course, we see habits all over our all over our lives, from uh, brushing our teeth to driving our cars to looking at our cell phones to um, even some of the ways that we interact with certain people. Yeah, and like you said. I think it was out of USC, the research that's by yeah. a professor out of USC said that uh, 40 to 45% of everything we do in our daily lives is actually habitual. It's not a choice or a conscious choice that we're making. Yeah. So that even though we've maybe made that conscious choice in the past, uh, we've kind of reinforced that cue, routine, and reward to, to form some sort of habit, and now it's not really a conscious choice that we're right, making. It's right. just kind of ingrained. Right. I think ingrained is great. And I think that's a really important distinction, too, that you are that you are laying out, that habits do begin with choices, right? So we, ha- we have a mutual friend, Jacqueline, who likes to say that we all make choices and they have consequences. And that's really true of habits because yeah. habits habits come out of the choices that we make. And so part of this conversation is... I think about how to be intentional about the choices that we make and and how to recognize that those choices somewhere down the line may lead to habits and habits uh, have a way of shaping us and shaping our 
our loves and our passions and our time and our attention and what we what we do and what we desire and habits habits are impactful yeah right well i mean 45 percent that's pretty close to half so half of our life is ingrained in habits so you can't say that half of your life is not important right 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 but if we're trying to live life on the vine life in jesus christ then i think we we care about that other half of our life that we're unconsciously doing yeah yeah and i guess where i kind of i guess struggles not the word but like where the tension comes in is that how do you get to where you recognize that it's a habit because if like you said Hmm. spike of brain activity for the cue and then there's no brain activity or very little brain activity same amount as if you're sleeping during the routine and then spike again at the reward and that's what creates that pathway in our brain if you're not thinking about it while you're doing it how do you ever actually recognize it Hmm. and i wonder how much stuff i mean like we keep throwing out the number or i keep throwing out the number 45 so half of our life is habitual 42 isn't that the answer yeah 42 is the answer yeah (laughs) but like i think it's easy to think of some of the things that we've talked about um you know driving a car like that's good habit to have because you're not thinking about all those things breathing it's great that we don't have to think about breathing Uh, we kind of went into cell phones and instagram and kind of the habit of that of just kind of scrolling through something or opening your phone and you immediately go to Facebook or Instagram, even though you may be wanting to call somebody and now you've just wasted five, 10 minutes scrolling. Cause that's a habit, right? Right. Um, but some less obvious ones, I think maybe be like conversationally. Do right. we fall into habits conversationally? Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Are you really great? You know, right, right. Absolutely. No, it's a it, that's a socially learned cue of somebody saying, "Hi, how are you doing?" Your response is, "I'm good. I'm fine. I'm great." When that may or may not be the case. Yeah, I so I, I love. That. I'm going to jump in here because yeah. uh, we just watched Mr. Rogers or Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, the movie with Tom Hanks that came out not too long ago. Was it good? I haven't seen it. It was good. Yeah, really, um, really a, a good movie. And and one of the things, and I don't. I haven't done the research to know how true or accurate this is of Mr. Rogers, but, but I think it was relatively, you know, caught a a good glimpse of who he was. And one of the statements that he makes, he's being interviewed for a magazine and he's talking to the guy who's doing supposedly doing the interview. And really he kind of ends up interviewing this guy. But when he first talks to him, he's talking to him on the phone and he, he says essentially to him, you are the most important person to me right now. And he is fully present with that guy anytime they have a conversation, whether it is on the phone, whether it's between shoots that have you know, five minutes between takes and he's with him and he is so intentional and so present. And what you see, I think, is that that's something that he has practiced. He has decided, he's made a choice that has become a habit that he is going to be present to the people that he is with and that they're going to be the most important to, person to him in that moment, which is kind of frustrating to his crew and everyone else because they're on a schedule and he doesn't really care about the schedule, right? Because there's a person in front of him who matters. And I think, you know, how like that, and obviously Fred Rogers is uh, a strong Christian and 
is informed by his faith in his desire to have those sorts of relationships. But I think that's the sort of um, intentional habit that, that I think we can work toward. And for a lot of us, I think for myself, our habit is exactly what you said. It's, hey, how's it going? Fine. You're doing good. I'm doing good. And then we go about our day. You know, our habit, our habit is to be perfunctory, right? Our habit is to not sit and dwell and really be with people. Yeah. And I'm going to say something here and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it. So I think that, you know, we, we live in a world where we really care about being authentic. We want to be real. We want to be genuine. We want to be sincere. Right. And so I think it might be easy to think that habits are insincere because Mm. habits are something that we kind of want to change ourselves. But uh, I think that the decision that we make to form a habit, say what we're talking about, the habit to be intentional, Mm -hmm. the habit to be present to people where we are with whoever we're with to be there. You know, that to me, there's a sincere decision that happens, even if that goes contrary to who we naturally are. I think some of us are more distractible. Some of us are guilty. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say too, no, I, it is so hard for me to shut off other conversations in a restaurant or something like that. You know, I have to really, really focus to shut that out and to focus on the person in front of me. I have to uh, tell Jessica to sit on the other side of the booth so I'm not facing a TV. Right. When, yeah. when we're out at like a place that has multiple TVs and yeah. sports games yeah. going on. Like, I, it could be cricket. I don't like cricket. I don't know anything about cricket, but I'll watch it because it's there yeah, instead right. of being present with right you know my wife and kids right so i have to intentionally like hey will you sit on this side yeah and i think that for me this is where the conversation about habits and particularly habits that relate to the christian life and obedience and and faithfulness and you know being connected um i I think that that there's a sincerity in that when we are making decisions that lead to habits that shape us according to the image of Jesus, even if those habits go contrary to our nature, even if those habits go contrary to what we would naturally do. And I think it's, it might be easy to think, oh, are we just kind of being insincere? Are we being, you know, well, that's just that, that's that, that person and that's who they are mm-hmm. and I'm not that person. But I think that we can actually consciously make decisions that go contrary to our nature that actually will will lead us into greater obedience and faithfulness. And oh, often, I wonder what you think about that. Yeah. So what jumped out to me when you were talking was authenticity and talking about habits being authentic. Yeah. And I think something that you hit on last week that I think is totally true is that our habits probably tell more about us than maybe our conscious decisions. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're reinforced, right? So that means we've had to do them over and over again. It's not right, an isolated right. decision that we've right, made. Right. It's it's a repeated pattern. And so right. I think when we talk about authenticity and we talk about who we really are, our habits will show us a lot of mm-hmm. who we really are. And so it's not that you can't either you can't change those because you can change them. It's hard. Um yeah. and that may feel unauthentic because this has been so ingrained in you and I'm choosing to make a different choice, like to choose a different action. Yeah. Um, a different way of living. But I think that there's nothing really more authentic than that, than going against the grain. 
you know, yeah. uh, even yeah. against the grain of ourselves, right? Yeah. Like, well, I think it, it gets into two. I mean, from a Christian perspective, what does it mean to be authentic? And does that mean to be true to ourselves? Or I would argue it means to be true to to live into who God created us to be, which is unique, right? Yeah. I mean, each of us image God in a, in a unique way that mm-hmm. no one else can uniquely image God in that same way. But there's a conformity to the person in the likeness of Jesus that we're all called to in our unique way. That's true authenticity. Right. So I... Yeah, I think that that's right. Uh, I guess where um, this is kind of causing me to pause a little bit is is kind of the authenticity when we talk about it. And like you said, what does that mean? And there's kind of this tension of being a unique person and also being Christ and submitting to, his, to right. him. Um, and then through him we will then be the fullest realization of that unique person that we were created to be. So I think we get a glimpse of who that is. Even if we don't follow Christ, we still see our unique nature, right? Right. But we totally get caught up in ourselves. You know, we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. You get caught up in yourself. You get caught up in, in society and societal norms. And, um, you, you start to follow things that actually are leading you away from authenticity. Um, And we, society has packaged it as freedom, right? Right. To kind of the rejection of conformity is freedom. And we'll talk about that. uh, That's next episode. Spoiler alert. Freedom and habits. I think that's a, again, if 40% of our life, we don't necessarily think about then how does freedom relate to those, those habits? Right. Are yeah. We, are we free when we're doing those things? Well, and never mind. I'll save that for next week. Yeah. Because perfect. Perfect. Freedom is a lie. But anyway. Spoiler. Um, well, you'll you'll hear more. What do I mean by that next week? But yeah. yeah, I think the the pursuit of Jesus and kind of leveraging habits and able to for us to do that that may feel unauthentic because we are taking a drastic course correct, right. most likely, right. Right. right? When we're talking about unlearning habits and learning new habits, yeah, that can feel very like letting go of ourselves, right? Yeah. Which is exactly what we're called to do. You let know, Christ... It go, let it go. I, no, I've... Uh, <laughs> talk about distractions. <laughs> I almost went off on a huge bunny trail there, too. I can't stay on like the course of no, this conversation, okay. but yeah, I I just think that again we can fall prey. We've been talking about falling prey to our mind, yeah, and yes. kind of who's in control, you or your brain, or who's in control, Christ or your brain. I right. think we we are guilty of the same thing with our feelings, yeah, and so yes. that can actually kind of hold us back from living air quotes authentic lives or fe- feeling like oh if I choose this what i'm called to do in christ then i'm not being authentic i'm not being the real me right right. and when really choosing christ and choosing kind of to form that habit that will draw you nearer to christ is actually going to be a more full 
the full realization eventually once we're perfected um yeah of who we actually are and our true authentic self right i love uh, two different ideas or quotes about feelings which i think are really good one uh, eugene peterson talks about feelings and he says they're really important for many things but they tell us next to nothing about god or our relationship or closeness to god you know we may feel distant from god but that doesn't mean and you, you did this with the pathfinders mm-hmm. a while back that doesn't mean that we're actually far from god or that god is far from us and i think we might not feel like worshiping we might not feel like prayer we might not feel like we're close with God, and so we don't necessarily then want to get into Scripture. I, I feel that. You know, I, there are times when I, and, and sometimes it's a result of not being in Scripture or not mm-hmm. being in prayer for a time, and then guilt and shame come in, and, and I think it, it's sort of like being in a relationship with a person where you haven't responded to a text message in a while, and then you're embarrassed to send a text message because you haven't responded, and yeah. it's awkward now. And, and I feel that with God sometimes. But what I need to do in that is to, in essence, ignore my feelings or recognize them as what they're helpful for is they, is they show me something about my own feelings about my relationship with God, which is important, right? It's important right. to recognize I'm feeling ashamed or distant right now, but that doesn't tell me what I should do. Right. Right. And I, I think that sometimes too, we can, we talk ourselves out of the reward. You know what I mean? Right. So we're actually right. reinforcing the, Q, oh, I should probably do this. I should probably read my Bible or something like that. Right. And then the action, um, we may, it may actually be inaction. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And sure. then the spike of the reward is that w- that we don't have to face confrontation or we just like don't face right what the, it is that's inside us, right? Right. It's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. We, d- we have to deal with it. Right. So that to me would give me a spike of brain activity right. feeling good. Oh, yeah. good. I avoided something uncomfortable. Woo-hoo, yeah. life as, goal. as a seven on the Enneagram and as a nine on the Enneagram, yeah. neither of us want to face pain or difficulties. No, so. exactly. So um, I can see where that can kind of be reinforcing this pattern of guilt and shame leading us away and away and away and keeping right. us just kind of a distraction, small thing to keep us from God. When really we talk ourselves out of the reward that is being with God. Right. 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 And in presence with him. Um, and so so we can kind of get in the way with with those. It's hard to call it a habit because it doesn't seem like there's any action that's being taken, but it's a thought pattern for sure. Yes. And yeah. so it's like, well, I think that, yeah, habits are not just about what we physically do, but it's about meant. I mean, yeah, there are emotional mental spiritual habits that we get into whether or not there's a there's a physical tangible reality to mm-hmm. them i mean i think patterns of, of 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 guilt and shame patterns of like lethargy pattern there are a lot of different uh, patterns of avoidance like there are a lot of different things that we get into and patterns and behaviors that we get into so we've been talking about kind of these different habits and different patterns and you kind of even hit on them. Like, why are they important for Christians? Yeah. And what might be some of those habits and patterns that are important for, for Christians Yeah. that actually leverage, like we can leverage this habitual living yeah. so that it's something that propels us towards God instead of something that, yeah. that draws us away from him. Yeah. Um, what are I your think, thoughts on that? Yeah. And I think, um, 
I mean, some of the, when we think about the spiritual disciplines, I, th- I think those, what the discipline, another way of saying that is, is, is a spiritual habit, right? Right. Uh, it's, it's a choice, a discipline, something that we have decided to do on a regular basis because we believe that that can actually shape or form our faith and our obedience and our relationship with Jesus. So I think, I think prayer, I think the habit of prayer and I think the habit of scripture reading, I think the habit of being in worship, I think thanksgiving, gratitude, I think that is, that is, that is a habit. That is a choice that we can make that can become habitual in our lives, just like worry, anxiety, and um, being discontent. Mm -hmm. Those are also habits. Those are choices that we have made that have become, for many of us, habitual in our lives, and we do it without thinking about it. Right. And gratitude is the uh, counterweight to those things. Right. right. And it takes a choice, and it can become a habit, but for most of us, I, I would venture to say that for most of us, that's not currently a habit. Right. And also, just throwing it out there, we are not like downplaying anxiety or depression or anything. There are yeah, thank some, you. you know, thank you. Sorry. Uh, chemical imbalances that can right. be found in our right. brains in certain situations that can cause all those things. What we're talking about is um, instead of like clinical anxiety in some ways, there are some anxieties that come with life that are kind of there because of, because they're a habit, because we're used right. to operating in this realm of chaos and disorder in our lives, right? And so that can be changed right there are some aspects of our brain that can't be changed without you know intentional therapy and medication and all that stuff and that's not exactly what we're talking about here thank you Uh, we're not trying to minimize that that's a very important distinction because yeah i do not want to minimize the reality of that sort of anxiety depression for for people that is is a whole nother subject matter yeah so thank you for that so what would be your response, your thought to the, the statement that discipleship is fundamentally about forming new habits? Yes. That's my response. That's your response. Yeah. Good. Um, no, I think that it's that's totally correct. Because if we look back to the very first two episodes, repent, and repentance being a habit... We're, we're basically walking away from old patterns or old actions um, because I think oftentimes we do have to repent for isolated incidences, but more mm-hmm. often, at least in my life, I have to repent for habits. I have to repent for cycles of behavior and thinking and interacting with people that are more, I'm more spring-loaded to do yeah. than than like an isolated incident okay because i get upset or frustrated with somebody in a particular situation that's not because of uh it can be because of just like that particular incident but it's mainly because that's how i've responded to those kind of incidents before and so like my heart posture is more geared to frustration and anger and and lashing out in that particular circumstance and so repentance as a practice is a habit right and the things that I'm repenting from are usually patterns or habits. And so walking away from that and then I think the way to counteract habits that have already been formed is to form new habits right. in their place. Right. Yeah. Right? 
So maybe if, even taking yeah. that cue and then like rewriting what the right. routine is right. there. And I think that's that's really good. I think about so I th- I think about being angry at someone that drives past me on the road. Yeah. You know, or not just <laughs> drives past me, but someone that cuts me off yeah. or uh, whatever it is. So that's a cue. Mm-hmm. And then if I get angry at that person, I think the reward for me is sort of a righteous indignation. I can feel better about myself because I was angry at this person who was an idiot and wasn't obeying the rules of the road. And if a cop pulls them over a little while later, then that's even a greater vindication. Right. Yeah. But that same cue, if it leads to forgiveness, prayer for that person, trying to, you know, I'm sure something is going on in their day, in their life and whatever it is, Lord, have mercy upon them and change my attitude. That can also give a reward, a reward of peace, a reward of not feeling angry and not feeling stressed because I'm angry the rest of yeah. my drive into church before I'm about to go work at the church, you know? Yeah. So I, I think, but you don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think about that reward until I've taken that new action. Right. And Again, it's just because you take that new action one time doesn't mean that you've like rewritten the code of your brain. Right. Right. You it it takes practice and it's over and over and over and over again. And oftentimes once those cues and routines and rewards, those habits are set, you can rewrite it and like rewrite a new habitual pattern. But then there's the choice of I mean, I don't think it ever really leaves us that habit the bad habit that we're trying to repent from or get away from. I don't know that. I mean, I'd be curious at the science of rewiring neurological pathways and habitual living, but I don't think that they really leave, leave us, but we see that cue and then we're kind of at a crossroads of, do I follow old, you know, habitual pathway or do I follow new habitual pathway? And hopefully we're choosing the new one. Right. Yeah. Again and again and again and again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that to answer your question, in its essence, discipleship is all about habitual living. It is a uh, the practice of leveraging habits and habitual living so that the 45% of our life that is an unconscious decision of something is not just mindless and is not just... Um, for nothing it's not just wasted yeah but it's actual actually um, living for christ because we're supposed to love god with all of our heart all of our soul all of our mind and all of our strength even that 45 percent that we're not thinking about yeah right yeah absolutely all is a pretty all-encompassing word yeah yeah so my question to you is Maybe we've done that in some aspects of this. Maybe we've created some spiritual habits or spiritual practices, okay? Because the science is very clear that there's a spike of brain activity and then there's like no brain activity and then another spike with the reward. If the process of the spiritual discipline is there's some cue, we read our Bible and then we get a reward because we've are feel closer to God or we are closer to God. How do we keep chocolate or chocolate? Yeah. How do we, how do we keep from the routine being mindless? Yeah. Cause on one hand we want to create that 
spiritual habit, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, we don't want to go through the motion. Right, right. And a and related question, I think, is do... Well, not a, a statement. I don't think we want to become entirely dependent upon habits mm. if we're also called to live by the Spirit. So I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my mouth. Yeah. But I do think that would be another question is do habits make us less reliant upon the spirit? Um, or and maybe, maybe this is part of a response to your question is, do we believe that in the midst of the, the actions that we take in the midst of the habits that we seek to live into, do we believe that the spirit is able and does work through those things that the spirit can work even if our, and this gets into sort of, who are we? You know, are, yeah. are we? And one, one of my favorite uh, speakers and authors is Jamie Smith, James K. Smith, who uh, is a professor at Covenant College, I believe it is. And he says that in the West, we have decided for a long time that we are primarily thinking beings. And so, we you know, we can think ourselves into new patterns of behavior. And, and his big argument is that we're not primarily we are thinking beings, of course, but we're not maybe primarily thinking beings, but we are, we're lovers, and and that it's our it's our it's our heart, it's our passion, it's our desires that sort of ultimately point us in a particular direction, and so I think that when we think about these habits and think about that maybe unconscious brain activity, that doesn't necessarily mean that our heart's not being formed, mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean that our loves are not being formed. It doesn't necessarily mean that our desires are not being shaped in some way by those habits. And I think, again, when we think about the habits in our lives and how they shape us and how they form us, whatever they are, I think they they do direct us. They point us in some direction, whether that action is super thoughtful or not mm-hmm. in the moment. Right. Yeah. They, they've they have shaped us. And we believe, you know, this is this is the good news of. Uh, worshiping a God who is sovereign and who is supernatural and who can uh, you and, and can interact with us by the power of a spirit. But I, th- but I think that the spirit can work in the midst of the habits to shape our hearts and to conform us to the image of Christ. I, I want to think about this more, but that's, that's my initial thought response. I wonder what you might think, how might you, how you might answer your own question. What was my question again? Uh, uh, so if, if <laughs> no, I, it was such a good question. If we don't have any brain waves, yeah. if, if our brain is not functioning during habits, then how are we not yeah, just yeah. going through the motions? I think that I kind of answered my own question earlier because I th- I do think, and this is there's no scientific um, backing this up, or at least if there is, I don't know about it. But I also don't know any science that contradicts it because I just don't know anything about it. But I'm sure we could find someone that would side with you from the scientific community. Yeah, and someone that would and probably yeah be against me, oppose me. Um, but just from my own anecdotal living, I think that when we repent from something, the easiest way, or not the easiest way, but the way to combat it is to um, kind of write a new pattern in our actions and in our brain. And then I think that we do, once we see that cue that that goes up, then all of a sudden, because our brain doesn't know which way to take, which fork in the road to take, because now we have the same cue for two completely different actions, one leading us away from God and one leading us to God, that we have to make a choice. 
And then so then it's just like breathing. Breathing is a habit and I have asthma. So I'm a little bit more conscious of my breathing a lot of times than um, other people's. But we, we have the ability to be conscious of it or to not, even though it's, it's a habit. We can't really do that with our heart. You know, our heart's just going to beat. Yeah. Um, but that's what's kind of different between some of the habits that we have and, and, and others, autonomic nervous system versus sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. Um, but I think that we do have the ability to be conscious of the decision that we're making and to be present in that moment. So just easily combating being um, present in like scripture or in prayer, it could easily become a mindless habit. And I do believe that obedience brings about space for the Holy Spirit to really work. You know, Holy Spirit can work anywhere in our lives, but if we're being obedient and we're doing these spiritual disciplines and practices, even if we're not feeling it, even if we're not getting anything out of it, even if it's mindless, okay, then I think that the spirit can definitely work. We're creating space for the artist to work. Yeah. But that's not always ideal either, right? That's not something that we should make a pattern of just, we want to be dependent on the spirit, but we're also called to join into this work too. So, so I think that there's an extent that we can become conscious of these things while they're happening and we don't just fall into the, the mindlessness. Even if it's just you make your cue or you make part of your action a prayer to be present. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, that can, can work wonders. Can you still read your Bible mindlessly? Yes, I do it. But there are times where I really can combat that and I can be present with God. Yeah. and be with him. Right. Yeah, I think that's so. really true. That's really true. Um, I think another thing, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity talks about charity and basic basic ideas that we, be, we we become charitable people by being charitable, right? We, right. We, we, we come to love our neighbor and become a person that loves our neighbor by taking the actions of love toward our neighbor and then Somewhere in the midst of that, God works in us and to actually make us more loving. And if we wait until we have the feeling of love, we're never or rarely are we yeah. going to actually step out and be the kind of loving people that God calls us to. And I think that's a similar idea. Is it's sort of that beginning stages of that habit formation is to take the actions that God has called us to and then trust that God can actually... No, and again, we're not just working with our own mind. We're not just working with ourselves. We're working with the Spirit. We have been given right. the Spirit. Yeah. And so the Spirit can actually form us and shape us in ways that go contrary to or ways that use the natural processes, um, but that shape us according to what God desires for us to be and become. Um, you brought up a couple of very tangible examples of the way that we become charitable is by being charitable and the way that we become loving is by loving right the way that we can love our neighbors by stepping into that and not drawing away from it right um and i think that that's that's more tangible because it's an action that's related to this world right that is related to the people in it it's getting my body involved right and i think that prayer and worship in scripture does that as well but those are a little bit more 
interactive with the people who are here, right? Yes, yes. Um, so I also think that it's just while we're kind of, I don't know, talking about habits and habit formation and, and Christian discipleship, that it's good for us to take a look at all of the habits that we are what that we fall prey to and so i think it even ties back into a conversation that we had about consumerism yeah is there do you have some habits of things that you purchase or or purchasing patterns way that you spend your money or leverage your money that is is contrary actually to the purposes of god yeah Uh, Yeah. and maybe not like on a large scale like you're funding satan's operation or anything like that but are you being intentional with that part of your life as well or is it just something that i've always done i've always shopped at this place and so that's what i'm going to do even though um there may be a more socially conscious decision that you can make of what kind of coffee you buy of one that pays their workers squat and it's basically slave labor or uh, fair trade, yeah. you yeah. know, coffee, yeah. yeah. So I was talking to Jess about that. I was like, oh, Dan recommended this coffee, and he's telling me about this, this, and this, and this, and you always buy fair trade coffee. And I was like, I don't even think about where my coffee comes from. Yeah. So even taking stock of kind of those habits, our purchasing habits, and yeah. any sort of uh, of other patterns that we have in our life, conversational patterns relational patterns um take stock of those things yeah and see where it is that god really wants to be a part of that because he does right yeah well i think i mean this to me there's (laughs) i feel like we're just getting to uh a place where we can just branch off into so many different areas but you know relationally i think about the cues and um i can't remember the acronym is but you know don't make don't do anything when you're lonely or tired or scared halt I think it is. Yeah. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right? I think hungry and angry are the same thing for me. (laughs) Right. But I think, and again, we talked about awareness, right? If we Mm want to form a new habit, part of it is becoming aware of the habits that we have. And Mm -hmm. one of the recommendations is just to go through a week and just record kind of everything you do for a week. Yeah. But I think about when we're hungry, how do we react? When we're lonely, how do we react? When we feel hurt, how do we react? Um, I, th- I think in, in, in marriage counseling, what I, what, what I, with, which is something I get to do, there are so many learned behaviors of when we feel belittled or when we feel safe, when we feel secure, when we feel insecure. Like We respond in certain ways because we have a habit. Mm-hmm. We have a habit that has been formed over time of responding in a certain way. And part of healthy relationships is forming new habits and learning to respond in different ways. And I think that's with people, that's with our relationship with God. And that's all part of that to use, you know, our language from the beginning. It's all part of repenting. It's all part of having a new mindset that is conformed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and not conformed to the patterns of this world. Amen. So it comes back to who's in charge, Christ or your brain. Exactly. Who's in charge. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, Christ is in charge, but, but we submit ourselves to the Lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's that daily decision, daily repentance, really, that we're called to. Jackson, this has been a good conversation, fun conversation for me, at least. Yeah, And me hopefully too. for our listeners. Um, and again, there are more places we could go, but I think that's, 
maybe a good place to invite us to consider the habits in our lives, to consider the ways in which um, we are seeking to be disciples and the ways in which our habits are leading us toward the kingdom, mm-hmm. to be ambassadors, to be living in that new kingdom, to be attached to the vine, or the ways in which our habits are detaching us from the vine, from right. Jesus. And one habit that I would encourage you to continue to do is uh, to listen to Life on the Vine, because we think that we bring some wholeness and we're helping lead you towards God and not away from That's God. That's our goal. That's yeah. our goal. If it is a bad habit to listen to us, feel free to cancel your subscription. Don't listen to us anymore. Right. But I think that, uh, Dan, at least you are doing a good job of leading us towards God. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm here. So yeah. we're having fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. This has been Jackson and Hutch coming to you live from the Hannah C. Howard studio. Until next time. Bye-bye. 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 If this is a habit that you do want to continue, make sure you click the subscribe or the follow button. Remember, you can catch us on the Podbean app. You can get it on our website. But you can also follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts if that's easier for you guys. We're also on Stitcher. Um, don't know how many people listen to us on Ooh. Stitcher, but shout out to Stitcher. I don't even know what Stitcher is, but yeah, it's a podcast I'm, I'm thing. We're, yeah, glad we're there. We're you don't need to know, Dan. I don't need to know. Uh, but thanks for listening. Again, um, comment. Tell us what you like about it. Tell us what you don't like about it. That does two things. That helps us know what you want us to talk about. But the second thing that it does is that makes it easier for people to find us if they want to find us. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.